Welcome to another fine edition of ARG Presents. Well, actually, this is a clone of a fine edition. I'm your good buddy, your good pal. A clone of Amigo Aaron, joined by a man that I never thought anybody would want to clone, and that's the Brent. Hello. Very exciting, clone. Thank you. Listen, we're talking clones this week, the Brent. Send in the clones. Send in the clones. Very good. We spun the wheel. We made the deal last week, and the deal was confusing and wrong. But by God, that never stops us as we take on the BAM TK90X yes. computer. Great the name. The TK90X, Great Brent. name. Great name. This right here required a bit of research. Yes. You, because, because when we drew this last week, we looked at each other and stared in a vain attempt to understand what was happening. But uh, I did a little research, Brent, if you'll indulge me here. I always uh, have we'll, to. We'll get, we'll get into it a little bit. So... You know, we have played a lot of, uh, let's say, off-kilter machines over the years, and uh, machines that weren't necessarily uh, uh, what I would call original, and this is one of those machines, the TK-90X, a computer from Brazil, and uh, manufactured by an outfit called Micro Digital, yes. or if you want to get complete... Micro Digital Electronica Limited, uh, which was a big deal in the 80s in Brazil. Uh, they were based in Sao Paulo. Uh, they were established in 81 by a brother pair, which I can't imagine me and you doing something like this. <laughs> this would be a short-lived computer. It was George and Tomas Cavari. And if you think, that sounds interesting, TK, that's where the TK comes in the computer Man, game. poor George. Yeah, George, got he got hosed he on this one. He screwed. So, listen, they got a thing in Brazil. I guarantee George is the younger brother. This is, this is a weird thing. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around uh, in this. So, in Brazil, they won't allow people to, like, import these computers at the time. Right. Okay? Yes. Do you, do you have any insight on that? It's very strange. Uh, Well, it's the same reason why you can't import things anywhere, I'd imagine. Yeah. It cuts down on people in your own country making and being able to supply supply things. Well, I mean, I suppose, but I mean, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of people making computers at the time, so they were sort of would the screwed. T- would the TK exist if it wasn't for that law? Absolutely not. Exactly. So, so bam, there you these go. these brothers came along. Now, get this, Brett. I did a little, just a little, a little touch of research on the company that is Micro Digital Electronica. So these guys, their business was cloning these computers. Uh, before they cloned the, the uh, what, and effectively what this is, is they cloned the, of the ZX Spectrum. They had clones of the ZX81 and this, or the ZX80, and they also even had a clone of an Apple II com- computer that would run Apple II's basic. Kinda, that's kind of nutty. Yeah. They had a whole lot of uh, computers ranging from 81 up to 86. Uh, the uh, the ultimate uh, version was the TK95, which Ooh. is which is sort of very similar to the TK90X, except number one they uh, approached fixing some uh, incompatibilities, and number two they ditched the Spectrum looking case to put it in a case that looks almost exactly like a Commodore Plus Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I will say they're complete with keyboard. Yeah, it's a like, handsome looking case. Yeah. Though. I mean, it's an it's an actual keyboard. Yeah. It, it, if you were going to get a Spectrum and you wanted a real keyboard, that's a pretty good option. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, again, uh, the the uh, the TK-90X, uh, this is the release they made in 85. So, what did they do? They basically reverse engineered a ZX Spectrum. And 
they built it to the specifications of Brazil. Plus, on top of everything else, they made a, some improvements in it as well. Uh, the of course it still has the the craptastic keyboard, but what you do get out of this thing they had a 16k and 48k version of this one, but you actually this thing runs the sound through your television. That's different. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of handy. This one also had a joystick port in it. Yes, it was an Atari style joystick port in the back. So you you these things shipped. Uh, uh, um, with with a Native joystick support. port in it. Yeah, it's funny because you know we watch. It's funny we've come across Brazil. We played Brazilians a bunch of times. This isn't the first time or the last time they would clone stuff, but they do ultimately you do a good job of sort of making them a little better. Yeah, because you know? and, and something to mention here when the 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 first one of these. The compatibility was like ninety percent. Yeah, it, it good. wasn't. It wasn't like they fumbled the ball and then had to rush to make a bunch of improvements. Yeah, no, they, they were really close right from the get. And the funny thing is, the, the the few incompatibilities that were introduced were involving things like error messages being in Portuguese instead yes. of in English. Stuff that you really can't help. Uh, you know, for the most part. The uh, the keyboard, of course, was uh, was made for a for a Brazilian market, but they kept a lot of the uh, same sort of uh, accoutrement that yeah. the ZX Spectrum would have had originally on the keyboard for your you know programming shortcuts and whatnot. But I mean, effectively, it's mostly just more of the same uh, in terms of the specs. So if you know anything about the ZX Spectrum, uh, then you you'll be uh, in well in hand now well at home. Yeah. So of course, we mentioned that this was done. Uh, by uh, Micro Digital. Micro Digital also allegedly did some uh, um, uh, software. I could find nothing but a few utilities that were labeled from them. In fact, researching software in Brazil that was, uh, let me I'll put this kindly, officially licensed Brazilian software, not easy. <laughs> which I'll get into a little bit more when I, when, I pick, when I talk about my game. I was actually going to pick the demo Tape that they did that Microdigital did, yeah. Uh, but, but but boy, I, it, it was a it was a copy of the one that was on the Spectrum with a few little changes. Yeah, I ran through that thing and I won't be going back. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's a it's a handsome unit. Like I said, it's uh, they, they did. You would think this oh, might be crap. It's not. It. I mean they. I think they did a pretty good job, but it's ended up being a very, very popular machine uh, all over uh, Latin America. I mean yeah. these were these were dealt all over the place. And did quite well. So, you know, it's nice to see that somebody p- put something together that works and is accepted. Did you hear, did you see what Sir Clive said about these? No. He was made aware of them. Yeah. And in a, a magazine article I read, he said, if these ever touch UK soil, like people are going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I looked at, they mentioned the prices on these. These prices are wacky to me. So, uh, in 1985, you could get the 16K version for $214 US, and you could get the 48K version for $249 US. Yeah, I looked at the conversion. I thought this conversion's madness. It can't be right. Yeah, that's really expensive. But it was like that. It was, it was per, these were $600 machines Woo! basically uh, back in the day. The, but of course, if you've got the market and there's no one else can do anything, I, I guess, guess Clive was safe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe. So get this. This is what Roy. So we got a, a, a fellow in the in the Discord name uh, uh, Popsies. 
Uh, he actually chimed in on this when it came up. He came from Brazil. He's the man from Brazil. Uh, and uh, uh, he did go, he did mention some of the things I talked about. The, it was that the Spectre was never sold in Brazil, but Microdigital made them. Uh, he was never able to buy one of these, but he did. But he uh, he went from a ZX81 clone to an MSX and then got into PCs. So these were all clones. Yeah. They were cloning all this stuff. Uh, he also mentions that the uh, uh, the Commodore Plus Four, you know. Uh, so, but it does have joystick port in the back, which he also mentioned. So it's kind of neat to have someone who actually uh, he owns one of these. By the way, he said if we'd had Tommy to send it to us for review, but we didn't have a chance to. You and, know how that goes. And something we we need to specify here, <clears throat> yeah. right? They. And you mentioned this already, but I want to stress yeah. it. This was reverse engineered. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't just, you know, buy them and repackage them and sell them. No. And, that, and they, I mean, at the price they were selling them at, they could have done that, and it would have been a lot cheaper. But this was all, you know, reverse engineered. Which for the Spectrum, uh, the ZX, you know, even back then, probably not a very daunting task. But they did it. Yeah. And I, thumbs up for that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's a, there's a. Uh, Long tradition of clones in Brazil. In fact, uh, El Curtis just mentioned they had Coco clones. And we know the Coco was popular in Brazil because when I was at Coco Fest last month, there was a guy there from the area who had talked about all the users groups and stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. So it's kind of neat. So it's neat. It's funny how things work all over the different world. And the fact that they wouldn't let you import these things is, is strange. But like you said, it did it did prompt them to get uh, some action. Now, I will mention before I move on to the games that I looked on eBay to try to find... Uh, one of these nah. uh, a TK90 or TK95, I could not find any. Nah. And nah. I couldn't find any that were sold. Now, maybe you have to go to like Brazilian eBay, which I'm not, I don't, I don't, I didn't go there. Maybe there, there's tons of them, but I, there were none on, and you'd think something like well, this would be on American eBay. Aaron, just think of this, the video, the video we were watching or I was watching right before we went on the air. Yeah. Talking about how in Brazil, like the Intellivision is a, is a sought after item. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in America, uh, you find them at flea markets. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, you know, it's it's just about where you are in the world and what your what time. Yeah, you're so. right. You're right. You're right. So, uh, with all that said, uh, <clears throat> we were tasked with kind of trying to find a couple games to play on this. Now, I'm I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and lead the dance this week. So, this was a tough one for me. We had a quick turnaround this week, but I, I wanted to find something. I mean, th- the thing is, ties to this, the TK. This, the TK nine, 90X, it will run 90 to 95% of the Specky software. Yes. Okay, so I could have picked anything from the entirety of the Specky library. Pretty that, much. The yeah. huge, huge library. and below. Right. Yeah. But I wanted to have something that I knew got a release in Brazil. This was not easy to find. I found tons of companies that were listed as having... Uh, distributed stuff in Brazil, but I couldn't find any individual titles. Right. I found like one, but I got lucky and because I actually ended up enjoying the game quite a bit. So the game I uh, chose this week, Brent, is the Tomb of Dracula. The Tomb of Dracula, or as it's called in Brazil, O Tumulo do Dracula. Sure. I like it. That's an exact pronunciation. Yeah. I'm sure all of our Brazilian fans were like, oh. Yeah. Uh, so um, the Tomb of Dracula is all <laughs> more I, like, oh. The Tomb of Dracula, I'll, I'll talk about it for henceforth, uh, was uh, published uh, by in the rest of the world by Felix Software, uh, and who only really had one other credit I can find called Castle Colditz. Uh, in Brazil, this was distributed by uh, Cybertron uh, Software. As, according to what I found, again, 
Records are sketchy at best. Let's put it that way. Uh, Cybertron only did t- two other games. Uh, there was actually one other game. There was a program called The Artist, which was like a paint program. And then there was a uh, Frogger clone called Toadie. Toadie, it looked okay, for what I can see. Now, I looked long and hard to try to find who wrote The Tomb of Dracula. All right? Okay, so guess what? I couldn't find it. Uh, and I, it's not mentioned anywhere. <laughs> they went into hiding. So there's one retro gamer article I found where a guy talked about how he beat the game, which I'm going to reference. But he mentioned in his uh, uh, article that this game was developed by Malcolm Evans. I can't find any proof that Malcolm Evans did this game. Now, Malcolm Evans is a famous uh, specky programmer who was behind 3D Monster Maze and Trash Man. These are two highly uh, touted games. I played both these. They're both great. I, I don't think he had anything to do with this, although there are some fingerprints, the sort of gameplay that he would do. Right. But I think this is a, 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 a incorrect assessment uh, in the article. But your mileage may be so. If anybody knows who programmed this, I'd love to know. And I didn't give this the, the old college try. I mean, I went out and really looked. I couldn't find Jack Squat, so I have no idea who made the Tomb of Dracula. Um, <clears throat> this was released in, in 1983 on the on the Specky and uh, on the uh, uh, on the TK90X. Uh, this also had a ZX81 release in uh, 1982. Well, because if you look at the ZX81 release, it's exactly the same, I, except with co- no color. And so they they and this is something that happened a lot. Maybe maybe that. <laughs> Made me my surprise. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. This go ahead. happened a lot where they would yeah. take ZX eighty one games, they would port them to the to the Specky, and I think that's the basic too. So you, it's not that tough. Yeah, yeah. Get this. So I'm nosing around. This got a two thousand four port to the C sixty four, and I looked at it, and it looks great. It looks great. I was real impressed with that. Uh, so, I, so that's something to look for. Uh, this originally sold for £4.95p. This was involved, this was also part of a, what apparently was a pretty popular compilation tape. It was the B-side to a game called Only Rock and Roll. It's Only Rock and Roll, which is a game where you actually start your own rock and roll band and, and manage them. Wow, that and, sounds way off. Awesome. And get this, who did this one? KTEL Productions. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the same KTEL that we knew here in the states that made all the uh, cheap compilation albums, but this is the UK version. So I thought that was funny. So what is Tomb of Dracula? Well, Tomb of Dracula. I'm still trying to figure it out. Listen, I don't know why you're so down on this game because I really thought this was a fun game. So Tomb of Dracula has you uh, as an explorer, and you are at the entrance of the Dracula tomb, right? And you're going in to seek. You're going in to get lo- loaded with. With wad, you know what I mean? And cash. And so what do you do? You go through the tomb, and the goal of this thing is to get out the other side and survive Dracula's tomb. Simple stuff, right? The game starts out with a little wall of text that tells you what you're supposed to be doing, and then it proceeds to draw a map, okay? It's a simple map uh, in, a squ- in a red square, and on the map you will see different characters uh, that go that go up and down the map. Okay, these characters have meaning. Each of these characters will tell you what is in that particular area of the map. You've got everything from empty vaults to places to get extra stakes because you need stakes to kill Dracula. Ghouls, zombies, slime pits. Uh, you can also uh, come across staircases 
And of course, if you see a D on the map, but you won't see that at the starting map, that's Dracula. All right. Now, once you, it gives you a few seconds to look at this map, like say 30 seconds. You need to memorize the heck out of this map. And then once the game starts, you're going in. And when you start the game, the controls are simple. It's a north, south, east, and west sort of affair. And as you push the button, it will update the screen. It's a, it's, it's a flip screen game. There's no actual animation per, per se. It shows you the screen. <clears throat> What's nice about the game is uh, they render these screens and characters. So sometimes you'll see like 3D like uh, areas of the map. Like it shows you different hall and stuff as you go through it. And as you go through the game, the goal of this game is to, go, is to descend as far as you can and get as many stakes as you can until you can get out of the game. Now, <clears throat> what happens if you come across something? So let's say you come across... A zombie. Ugh. A zombie pops up. A, a, a very cool. The art in this is great. That's something else I like. It's really it's this okay. is a throwback to like the ANSI graphics of old. It's I mean this game could have been on any BBS. <laughs> and, and this isn't a throwback. This is just of the era. Yeah, but I mean you, <laughs> this game could have been on any BBS back in the day if you if you'd wanted if you'd wanted it to. Uh, the uh, I love the way I love the look of it. It's very old school. You can tell this came from a ZX eighty one because it doesn't take advantage of like what I would call the advanced computing uh, abilities of the ZX uh, no. of the ZX Specky. The, the, the Z eighty chip was not was not uh, stressing over this one. So as you go through the game, uh, you'll come across zombies, ghouls, uh, and when you come across them, it takes a certain amount of of stakes to kill them. Now you start off with a certain amount of stakes, I think it's like seven or something seven, like that. Yeah. And then as you go through the game, you'll you'll sometimes you'll pick up stakes. Uh, when you come across like a, a monster, it'll say, Okay, you've got fifteen stakes, this monster is gonna take six. And so you'll kill the monster with six stakes, then you've only got uh, nine left. You used up six of your stakes. <clears throat> Often you can pick stakes up in these areas called mystery vaults. Uh, but or, or sometimes or on the ground. Sometimes yeah. you'll just come across them. But the mystery vault you can get loaded up. You'll find a, cake, a ton of these stakes. And every so often, the game will say, "Listen, sunsets in thirty minutes, twenty five minutes is a countdown." Yeah, it's not a real time countdown. No, it's every so many moves, right? Yeah. It's like every five or six moves. And eventually, it'll say the sun has set and Dracula is out. That means Dracula has been released into the maze. All right, so. As I mentioned, you want to head towards the stairs because you're trying to descend into this into these caves. So that's every time you get a chance to memorize the map, you do it. Now, every once in a while, uh, it will say, "Listen, would you like to give up four stakes, six stakes to look at the map?" And then you can look at the map. And it'll show you everything you saw at the beginning. Plus, it will show you where you're at and where Dracula's at. All right. And so this is like, sometimes you it's worth spending the extra stakes. To get to an idea of where you're at and find the staircase. Staircases are represented by uh, equal signs, and so you want to head toward those. So Dracula will come up on you occasionally, and when you see him, you have to have the amount of stakes it's going to take to kill him. Okay, if you anytime you don't have enough stakes to, against any creature, you're dead or environment or uh, slime pits. Yeah, which you could also fall in. So. And that's the end of the game. So this game is, can be difficult and short if you if you're not if you don't pay attention. But if you pay attention, you can have a really fun time making your way to the vault. You're gonna know you're gonna have a good chunk of the vault memorized, 
you know, as you go through, but you're going to eventually get to a point where you screw up or you hit a wall or something and you, and you don't know where to go. And at that point, it gets real creepy because you're just blindly going through the maze. You have no idea what's going to be in the next room. It, I like that. I like that angle on it. Once you get down the stairs, you're rewarded with a certain amount of stakes. All right. Dracula, if you just lay him on the stairs for you, if you kill him, it's a reward for doing good. Dracula, uh, um, I think they're like hanging on the wall of the stairwells as decoration. All the people have tried to kill Dracula. <laughs> sure, Dracula, if you kill him, and you can, you can, you can kill him. But it's Dracula. He's not just going to stay down. He's the dra- He's a bloodsucker. He gets up, and he uh, he'll be pretty near you. So you've got to keep moving and get away from Dracula. He'll he's on your tail when he comes out. Now I wondered. I ended up. I thought, man, I got all, I got all the way to level three. I was so happy. I was like, I thought, man, I did a great job. So I, I'm going to reference the article I was talking about uh, that was in Retro Gamer. So one of the popular things to do in this game is to basically break out of it and edit it to give yourself like tons and tons of stakes and make Dracula come real late. Right. And he did that. And so, which, that's cheating, and I don't condone cheating. But I will say, the good news is, he gave himself uh, a, a 999,999 silver stakes, and he made Dracula not wake up for 24 hours so he could complete the game. And he got to what what apparently is the end of the game, level 27. He got a message that says, congratulations. It leads to the vampire's treasure vault with 500,000 pounds worth of jewelry. A tunnel leads you out of the tomb. After braving X amount of vaults, you have X amount of stakes, and they're worth you know X amount of pounds. So there's a, there's a reward system based on how much, because each of the silver stakes is worth money. And so you'll accumulate, and it tells you how much money they're worth as you go. So there is an ending to the game. 27 levels down is a long way to go. Let's just put it that way. And I'd, I'd like to see the guy that can get there without cheating. That would be a tall order. But overall, I found this game quite charming. It had a, uh, and someone even mentioned it in the chat, this had a Hunt the Wampus feel to it, except way, way more advanced than Hunt the Wampus. That's what I used to put on the TI-99. Uh, this has a... Uh, uh, the memorization angle is fun. The monsters are fun. The way they are rendered and the sound effects are pretty good. Whenever you go into the mystery vault, it plays a little a, a little uh, ditty. You know, like a little vampiric ditty, which I like. <laughs> Dracula is, is awesome looking. When he pops up, he just... The art, all the monsters are, are the art is very, is very cute and charming. I love this game. I thought for what it was, it was a lot of fun. I know you can't wait to bury it, so go ahead. Well, I, this just good game, bad game. I'm not going to make that judgment call. Oh. This game is strictly not for me. Uh, it, it's a memorization game. It, sort of. It, no. It, what do you mean, sort of? Well, I mean, what other gonna, game you're gonna get, is there? You're going to get to a point where you don't know where you're at, and then it becomes a like, scarier game at that point, I think. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't agree, but okay. Uh, the, the, it gives you the entire map, and, and the map is randomly generated. So sometimes you will, you will just be able to go north... 15 times and run right to a staircase and nothing else, or you might pick up 30 stakes in that run. It's random. So sometimes the map's incredibly easy to memorize where you're going, but you only get the map for the first floor. When you go to the second floor, that is when you're completely in the dark. Uh, And it only, it randomly asks you if you want to use stakes to look at a map. 
So the way to play this game, oh look, there's two ways to play this game. Are you playing it just to explore and get, see how far you can make it? Or are you playing it for for money, for cash, trying to get a high score? If you're playing it to see how far you can get, you basically have to go around the first stage and collect as many stakes as you can. Because Dracula is going to wake up no matter what. Uh, and Dracula doesn't take any more or less stakes than a zombie does. At least that I found. I killed Dracula on multiple occasions. Oh, yeah. He did, but he didn't um, stay down. Right. But the, the, the thing that doesn't make any sense to me is... Uh, you stake him, right? He's gone for a little bit. And then the next zombie I ran in, into yeah. took like four times as many stakes yeah. as it took. Well, there you to go. The zombies get hungrier down at the bottom. The, 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 the stakes that you need are completely random. The amount that you need is completely random. Um, at least it seems to me. It, there are definitely levels. Slime pits are the least amount to get past with stakes, which I don't know how that works, but okay. Yeah. Um... Mm -hmm. The, and then you've got ghouls, zombies, and Dracula. Uh, just this just isn't my type of game. Uh, I, I I get what they're going for, and it, it does it well enough. With one huge exception, and this is probably what kills it for me. Everything takes so long to do. When you like, you can get in the game die like instantly you just screw up you go one you think you were in a spot you aren't yeah. you die to a zombie and then it's like a 45 second restart that's not that long because you I didn't take that long to do it just it, start back over it takes that it takes a long time because you it rereads the story to you and then you sit there and then it eventually pops up and it's like okay here's you know you can now press the key to keep going and then it has to draw the opening map. And it draws it character by character, line by line, and it takes forever. Yeah, but you're supposed to be memorizing it right there. Well... And I know some cheap bums just take a picture with the camera. No good. You need to memorize and play fair. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, if you're just trying to experience the game, I can see I like cheating. the fact that when you get down the staircase, then it reloads and you have to sit there for a while longer. That does reload. But, I mean, again, you know, I think part of this is it's is a game that is out of your era. This is a game, when I was younger, this was a, uh, a the kind of game you might pull off a BBS or something. A smaller, simpler game. With it. This is one of the better versions of this sort of game that I've played. I really, I thought it was a, a, I thought it was a fun time, you know, uh, for, for what it was. I mean, I'm glad it has a, a, a loose TK connection to the system we're talking about. That's kind of neat. Uh, but for me, if this ran 200% faster, and I guess with emulation you can do that, uh, I would probably enjoy it more, but it's a whole lot of setting. I think as a little kid, you'd find this uh, kind of creepy, frankly. And I've read people, eyewitness accounts of people that said that, that thought this was a creepy game. I can, nah, like yeah, it, I it, mean, like, Mystery Vaults are, are, are probably the creepiest, because... I, uh, it's got music. It's cute. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I looked up the ad for this that appeared, and it's got a point here. It says, warning, 
people of an exceptionally nervous disposition should play this game only during the hours of daylight, which I love. That's my kind of chill right there. You know, I couldn't help but notice that uh, as we were talking, our good buddy Josh, 48K Rant, posted a... <laughs> Posted an article. I don't know if you saw him. It yeah, said, did. It said this is this is from uh, this is an article from Crash uh, in March 1984. It says the Tomb of Dracula is frankly pathetic. The graphical the graphics representations are drawn in mosaics of character blocks that wouldn't frighten the two year old. It's about as skillful and thrilling as being sick on the floor. Tomb of Dracula is very boring. It's written in basic and the graphics are poor. And I love this part. I didn't much like it. No kidding. That's a crash. It's <laughs> 3, March 84. I'm going to go to our... See, I don't think it was that bad. Oh, God, no. But we did get a... We actually... I released this game late this week, so I was didn't think we'd get any action, but we did. Our good buddy Pajaco jumped in. Tumulo do Dracula, he says, I'm fairly sure, given the speed that this runs at, it's a basic game, but that doesn't matter because the game is really quite fun when you get down to it. I will fess up and admit to snapping screenshots of my maps. Oh, Pajaco. I probably would have hastily scribbled the map down back in the day. So I think that is unlike how I would have played it. The game is random, and like many games of the day, winning comes down to luck. But I did actually stumble upon Dracula's treasure and win on my fifth game. Nice. So yeah, oh, cheated. instantly the best game in the world ever. <laughs> I have never, we'll see how that works. I have never played this one before, and I wasn't expecting much of the screenshots, but I have to say I really liked it, and this could be easily updated a little and made to run on other machines. I have one question, though. Why the heck is Dracula hoarding a bunch of silver stakes in his castle? That seems like he's asking for trouble. Oh, you know? I can answer that. Yeah, go ahead. What it is, is you're not the first adventuring party to go in there. Yeah. That's and, sort of what I figured. other people took stakes too. Now, here's my problem. Why are you only going in with seven silver stakes? Well, but you're with- poor. That's why. And, you know, it makes sense to think about it. How many times did you play this game and get killed? Those stakes are littered everywhere. Uh, anyway, to finish up... Graphics and sound are really well done, even if it's a bit uh, simple looking. And unlike its namesake, the game doesn't suck. Eight out of ten. A little cunning wordplay there from Chaco. I enjoyed this one, uh, the brand. I thought it was a lot of fun. And in fact, it did get a release. Uh, down in Brazil. Uh, to finish up, I looked up on eBay to see what these are going for. Surprisingly, I could I didn't see any of the ZX versions. I did see the KTEL version going for one cent. So if you're interested in picking that up, I did see that a, the ZX81 version of this, the tape, the whole nine yards, went sold for 20 bucks US dollars. That's pretty hefty for a tape. Yeah, that's So those insane. tapes are getting up there. And I can tell you that the tapes are I Identical for the ZX81 and the uh, the uh, ZX Specky, with one exception on the cover, just there's a little yellow text that, you, that has changed to represent what machine it's on. That's all there is to it. That's all I got, Brent. I enjoyed that one. I had a good time, a lot of fun with the old Drac. You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the Dracula. You games. are. I you can't are. help it. What do you got? I'm gonna butcher this. Yeah. <laughs> I want an exact pronunciation. Brent, Brent went and and did research before the show to how to say it. Let's hear it. I chose Braxio. Braxio, maybe. You butchered it. You were right. Uh, Horrible. 
This, Aaron, is a game released in April of this year. Just just hot off the presses. Yes. It's almost like they knew we were going to do this show. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This was created by Paulo Andres. Uh, He is Brazilian. And the connection, we'll just get the connection out of the way right now. He tested this game. Uh, uh, it was he was in, he was making the game. He was releasing updates to people, right? Yeah. And people are like, "Man, can you even play this on a on a on a spec a ZX? This this doesn't look like something's going to run on the spe- the the uh, ZX." Yeah. So he pulled out his. Uh, TK is like boom. He had loaded nine. it up. Yeah, he had a TA, TK dash ninety X right yeah. there in the video. So, so he uh, this was uh, uh, tested at the very least. I'm not saying he did all his programming on it. In fact, almost certainly no. But all the testing was done on a TX. Mm. Uh, this is a action platformer <coughs> that tells the tale of Ghost Ox. And this is a, a, it's a charming story. Uh, basically, there's a well, right? And everyone just, it, it's a bottomless well. And everyone just throws all their crap into it. I mean, if you got a bottomless well, right, why not, right? I'd love to have so one of those. All, all, all your trash, all your junk, all your non-desirables. But people started throwing feelings in there, too. Like rage and anger. Because they didn't want it. So they were just throwing their Throw your love down the well? No, no, not good feelings. Only bad feelings. Oh, I see. Okay. So eventually, the well erupts. You know, it, it, it's it's too full. And all this stuff comes flying out. It's all the hate and anger and anguish that, that people have thrown in this well. What's all the crap they threw down? <laughs> manifesting into uh, uh, basically evil spirits and witches and stuff like that. Not witches. Yes, witches. Oh, man. Uh, and and this and Ghost Ox was down there, too, yeah. right? But uh, he was like, no, nah, I know this is wrong. I've got to get all this stuff and put it back in the well. So that's the that's the game is you playing as Ghost Ox, which is this little uh, cute little figure has has no he's wearing a cloak, so it looks like he has no arms. Yeah, and he he walks. You can see his little feet walks, and he's wearing a uh, 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 a deer skull or a, you know uh, a a some kind of antelope or deer skull as a head as his head, as some would do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's his adventure running through this land and trying to trying to defeat the evil to, to cram it all back into this well. Um, his only attack, his normal attack, is to kick. He just that's all he can do is he's got his big old shoes on and he kicks. And the the, the enemy uh, uh, once they're kicked, they're, they're released back into the spirit realm and make their way back to the well. Uh, the awesome thing about this game, uh, and you, like I said, it's a modern game that plays on old hardware. You can go buy this now for 10 bucks, and when you do, you get the game, which is spread across three tapes. Yeah, I Because see. it's kind of like three, it's three separate stories, all based on the well. And it's based off of uh, local folklore. And uh, he took inspiration from a few other places, but it has local folklore 
baked into it, which I think is awesome. But you get the game, right? You get all three tapes. You also get a storybook in PDF form that goes into depth into all, all the uh, tellings of these stories and what makes them kind of folklore and it's told in the, the manner of folklore and it's got art uh, some from the game, some uh, rendered a little bit better, but it's all you know, that kind of art style, but it doesn't stop there, Aaron. You also get an MP3 uh, file that is played along with the game that kind of does the narration for the cutscenes. So it tells you when you need to play the MP3 again. Or, uh, you know, it tells you, you, it reads it and tells you to press the tape at the end of the narration. So you get all this bundle, all these in one package. You get it in uh, Portuguese and you also get it in English and Depending on which file you run, it's your control scheme kind of takes care of it that way. Of course, you can play with the joystick as well. Uh, all for ten bucks. Yeah. I thought it was a steal, an <laughs> yeah. absolute steal. Yeah, I looked at that storybook and I was like, man, this isn't something just some guy knocked off in ten minutes. No, no, this is a bunch of there's yeah. art in there and stuff, and it's nice. Now he's not. Uh, uh, Paulo isn't a, a natively speaking English person. He's yeah. from Brazil. So, some of the English is a little broken, but he, he does a fantastic job. When the narration and stuff, I, I really love that accent. I love listening to him talk. And you can, you can he doesn't just straight read it, right? He, he emotes. You can feel that he's trying to get this uh, concept, this story into your... To, he wants you to feel the same thing he feels about these I things. I was wondering if it was him that was doing the narration. Yes, yep, he did all of it. He does every aspect of the game, the art, the sound, everything. Um, so what kind of game is this? Well, you play as Ox, uh, Ghost Ox, and you are platforming. And the the screen almost looks like, like a shadow box to me. It looks like you've got a flat plane and a background, right? If that makes any sense. And you are playing in the flat plane in front of that background, but it, it's not, it, it's, the, the the bottom of the screen is angled, so it looks like it has way well, more it, depth well, it than changes. it does. Here's the thing, yeah. I'm going to jump in right now. Alright. The art, the art style in this is the, it's the best. It's fantastic. It's the best. Yeah. This guy, he took all the strengths of the ZX that they've got, and all the weaknesses of it, and he managed to do something remarkable with this. Yeah. Because the the depth and the shadowy and the way it, not every screen's the same. This game goes over a horde of different gameplay yes. types. I'm not gonna get too well, far into it right now, but the the way he shadows creep in from the side sometimes. Sometimes there's depth in this, and he does depth in the simplest ways, just by cha subtle changes of coloring. Yeah, it is in terms of like gra graphical prowess and genius and art. This is the I can't think of anything that comes yeah. close to this. Go ahead. Yeah. And in every scene, in every tape, is different. Now, you might go through four or five tiles of forest, but once you do that, that's done. That bio is done. You won't see it again for the rest of your play. And you might even 
walk on a beach a few times, but it it, it might have uh, like fog effects where you it, it looks like it's all closed in. Um, you go through cityscapes, you go through caves, forests, swamps. Uh, it's got decent enemy variety. Yeah, and, and, it's, and the enemies are basically based on what kind of uh, which tape, which story you're on, right? A, a B, or C. <coughs> it has. Uh, a shooting section, a, a shmup section, is very small, very easy, but it fits into the story that he's telling. Uh, it has so much variety. It does. So like deep. this guy is a genius. I mean, he, he, I, I could believe it. <laughs> I was baffled at this. And, of all the shows, and it, it all feels good. Yeah. Uh, it the, plays well too. The kick is a little is takes a little getting used to because it has one frame of you can't that, that you can still get hit yeah. before your full size foot is out there. Yeah. And that does take a little bit of getting used to. And the reason why it takes a little bit of getting used to is you have such complete control at, on all other aspects. You're jumping. You, If you're jumping and you don't think you're going to make the jump, you can just hit the other direction. You'll come right back. Yeah. Full control. Full control. This game has like 10 bosses. Ten. Yeah, big it's ones. crazy. Yeah. Some are full screen. And they're all different concepts. Sometimes the screen is forcing you to be scrolled, and if you slide off the back of the screen, you'll die. Uh, different ways to attack the enemies. The only other power-up in this game is poppy seeds. Yeah. And, and you, you get them, and you can use them as a projectile, and they only last for a few moments. Yeah, they run out real fast. The All the enemies have predictable movements, right? Yeah. I mean, you see an enemy, it's always going to move in the same way. But what he does is he spaces them differently on the screen. Yeah. And the little bit of spacing difference from screen to screen makes a tremendous difference. Now, you can jump on these enemies. You won't kill yep. them, but you'll bounce on them. And that's how it's used to get to a lot of the secret areas. Yeah. Um, it goes from little villages to modern high-rise cities. You're inside of mansions at one point. How far did you get in this, Aaron? I got to, I got past the first boss, uh, and uh, I'm not, I can't tell you the exact place I got back. Ultimately, I ended up dying somewhere lame. It wasn't like an exciting area, but like I ended up watching your whole video. Uh, there, the, the variance in gameplay in this is quite remarkable. Yeah. The, the video show, showcases all of tape one, yeah. uh, what you're seeing on screen now if you're watching at home. Um, I beat the game. And you shot this. You did yeah. all this footage yourself. Yeah, I, I beat the game. I yeah. went through all three Did tapes. you record all of it? I did not. I only recorded that was the first tape. You should have recorded um, the whole thing. And I kept waiting for something to repeat. Now, some, there are concepts that repeat, sure, yeah, but it's like, always unique. Yeah. You're always in a, some kind of unique setting. Uh, and... It, the game design on this is really solid because when it introduces you to a new thing, it normally does it in such a way that it's not going to kill you instantly. It lets you see what the, the what the the new gameplay element, the new enemy is going to be, and then makes an adjustment. So pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool. I love this. Can I get in here? Absolutely. 
This game, I've already mentioned that it looks, I mean, I've never seen a game quite that looks like this. There's an ethereal quality to the entire proceedings that is off the charts. Me and Bo played a game a couple uh, while back on the Specky that let you that had you play along with a uh, audio soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The name I can't recall. Uh, it was pretty famous over in the UK, uh, and it was weird. And the game wasn't very good, but it was it was an interesting experience. Like this is this is like a playable. Like I love the multimedia aspects of it. I think that's really neat. The storybook that's included in this, and you know, people in the in the modern age of games uh, uh, where people are doing homebrew, you get a lot of this sort of like extra stuff. Yeah, but, no, it, but this isn't like that. No, like this dude sat down and wrote this storybook. And to go along with the game, he used some graphics from the game. I think there's some art written or hand drawn art in there towards the end as well. And it it is something to behold. Yeah, it's something to behold. There's music in this. There's something to behold. But the but the thing is, you can tack on all that. I mean, even as good as it is. It all comes down to what kind of game you got. Right? This game is three tapes. Yeah. And it's huge. And it is varied. It's yeah. so different. A lot of scenes. And what I like about it is, uh, it, what I like about it is, uh, it, a lot of these games, they have, they look nice or whatever, but this would controls like a proper game, like a real game. Yeah. You feel like you're, I mean, there are many elements of this that are, and it's one of the few games that have done this that remind me of something I've done like Mario. Good example, you mentioned jumping on top of stuff to, to get Bounce. the other stuff. Yeah. That's just classic platforming 101 stuff, but you'll see it that often on the, on the eight bit, you know. A lot of these scenes, this, does this have the best graphics I've ever seen on the ZX? No. I've seen great graphics on there, right? But this has the most... This plays perfectly in the field that it that it chose. It takes the the core elements of the spectrum uh, and 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 makes them beautiful in a way. I mean, it's a blocky sort of brilliance. The depth, the shadowy effects, the 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 the, the skyline, the multicolored horizons—they all form a rich tapestry that. That makes this game feel different. Yeah. It feels more important. It feels like something that uh, that was uh, someone poured their heart into. And, and on top of that, I mean, the thing that gets me is you can go through all the graphical wonderments, but I mean, the game is fun. Yeah. It's also, oh, by the way, it's real fun. Yeah. You know, I don't think I got I, this is one of the top specters I've ever played, and I can say that without hesitation. And I've played a few, as you know. This was a, a top shelf find. Now you got lucky. I know how you got there because this. And it's funny that we would shoot, get the, uh, the uh, be doing a show on the TK ninety X and come across <laughs> this Brazilian game. Yeah, you know. But this right here, this is a game of the year caliber. Uh, like blow blew me away. Blew me away. All right, you can't. I can't overstate how incredible this was. Yeah, I give this ten thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. For, and by the way, when you said, "Listen, I bought this game," I was like, "You idiot!" I thought, about, "This is a buyer. You buy this one." Yeah. You get all, you get because the accoutrement that comes with it makes it fun. The fact that it's in English and it's in Portuguese added bonus. Right? He did an English version. This should be a 
big deal. I know it was covered on any retro news a while back. Yeah, it was covered. Yeah, but this needs that they need to sell a ton of these. And people over in the UK who may not think to themselves, eh, I'm not. People in Europe that might be like, eh, Brazilian. No, no, get in there right now. Go buy this thing. It's top shelf. Absolutely. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this as well. Uh, this is probably my. Uh, this could probably be my second favorite uh, ZX Spectrum game. Uh, I really, I really feel like he he poured some heart and soul into this. Yeah, and uh, it, it's not complete without flaw. I think some of the the boss loops go on a hit or two too long. Uh, I mean, once you get the pattern, you know the pattern, you, and you the you're showing that you can su- succeed yeah. at the pattern. I think they run a little long. Um, but that's it's such a that's a such a small and we didn't such, even, a, such a small thing. We didn't go into the fact that like, hey, there are levels of this where you're moving against speed and doing stuff. There are levels of this where you're going like some of this reminded me of stuff in like a, like a, you know all the classic trope where you're on the elevator and you're going up and there's things attack you. That stuff's there and you're jumping back and forth. They really does mix in a lot of different yeah. gameplay elements, and but he mixes them in in a, in a very original way. You know, uh, we did get a review of well, this. One more thing I want to say, Go ahead. And, and I don't mean this as an insult yeah. to the Spectrum or the TK, however you want to put it. You forget that you're playing a ZX Spectrum when you play this, and, oh. it, 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 and you just you just get engrossed into the game. Yeah, and that's what's important. It's not what you're playing. You on. can port this to any number of machines, but you. By God, they better not screw with the the graphics on it. Yeah, I don't care what machine it goes to. Amiga, Atari ST, IBM. Don't screw with the graphics. The graphics are part of it, you know. Um, Pajaco had a go at this. He says, this is one of those games that would be right at home on the NES, Game Boy or Master System. The developer of this really seemed to work with the Spectrum hardware limitations, and what we end up with is a beautiful-looking game that somehow manages to look better when playing than it does in screenshots. That's true. Absolutely. Add to that the audio narration, and you have one of those fantastic interactive experiences on limited hardware from back in the day. Is the gameplay itself anything revolutionary? No. But it takes an established type of game and executes it really well. Now, I will say I have only made just over halfway through the game at this point because it's a game that requires you to be reasonably quick on the old reflexes, and I may have muttered the odd cry or squeak as I desperately <laughs> tried to loot, not to lose my last life in a boss battle. Only bedtime stopped me from playing last night. Even if you only play the demo, find some time to play it. You won't be sorry. 9 out of 10. And if you play it on the TK90X, even better. Yeah. And this does have a demo. I believe the demo takes you through the entire first tape. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I played the demo for a very small amount of time just to make sure it was going to work and then went and bought the game, so I can't be 100% sure. Yeah. But yeah, go get the demo. I, I think when, once you play the demo, you're going to go and, and and buy the full thing. By the way, I, I mentioned it's on the screen there, but if you're listening at home, if you would go to AMAWEKS, 
itch.io. This guy's got a whole catalog of games. Might be interested in trying some of his other efforts. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I was I looked at buy, maybe picking one of these up, but I didn't want to pay. But now I've turned the tables. Because uh, listen, I, you get the money when I know the game is it, that you're a, that you're a good hand. Yep. So I may have to go for that. Uh, Brent, as we close up shop on the TK90X, what'd you take away from this one? Uh, that it, it it's it's first of all again the spectrum uh, uh, or its sister systems in this case yeah continues to impress me yeah continues this, to impress me this is me. a lot like the Dragon Thirty Two where they re they remade a machine you know used off the off the counterparts that sort of is the same as the Coco and yet all of a sudden here they make a ton of great games for it yeah. that the Coco can run this is uh, this is nice I love it I really enjoyed it I don't know if we could get another show out of uh, the Brazilian scene but I think this was a big time winner right there yeah and I'm so happy that that's such an odd oddball to us system yeah. uh, turned us on to such an awesome game. Yeah, this thing here, man, uh, the thing about a game like this is it, it you play it so much, your hands hurt, your eyes hurt, your t- tears run down your face, uh, and, and, and you need to get yourself put together. Yeah, and, and really, it makes it hard to fix anything that might go wrong. Right. And, and then what are you going to do? I have no idea. What would you do? I think you might need to go to Retro Rewind. Retro Aaron. Rewind.ca. That's the one. In the Great White North. That's I think you it. might be onto something because the people at Retro Rewind are just people like you and me. They're retro gamers. Well, except skilled. That's right. People like you and me, but with skills and, and top shelf uh, repair abilities. Because the guys up in Canada at Retro Rewind.ca will take care of you. Do you have a Commodore machine that needs a little TLC? Do you have a TRC car computer that needs to have a, uh, a look or two? Send up the Frank at RetroRewind.ca and his fine staff. Frank's got literally decades of experience at the highest level of computer repair. Takes care of all your business and he does it cheap and quick. If you want to do it yourself, uh, Frank will be more than happy to sell you all the diagnostic tools you need as well as uh, a comprehensive list of accoutrements to enhance your enjoyment of your classic computer, the Brent. Yes. It's wheel time. What do we got this week, man? We added on and, uh, I don't know. You're dumb. Thank Super you. Super Nintendo looks different. I don't remember that. Here we go. Round she goes. Oh, man, there's a piece trying That's to make what I'm trying to run. And the winner is, oh, oh I know this is going to hurt. What'd you get, the Brent? The VTech Creative Vision. The VTech Creative Vision. Hold the phone. This might not be too bad. Submit it to our good buddy and also a fellow that does a little Frank work on the side, Jason Warrens, our good buddy, another friend of ours from Canada. The old VTech, Brent. Now, the Creative Vision, I think, is one of those machines that, like, has is a name for another machine. We'll find out. Yeah, uh, I got nothing. I have absolutely no idea. We'll, we'll look into it. <laughs> hey, listen, it's Wacky Machine Month here on ARG. It's another one to look into. It's now, always Wacky Machine Speaking month. of Wacky Machines, uh, you know, we are less than one month away, just like three weeks or so away from BAM, Boat Fest 2023. So this will be the end of the hype for Boat Fest coming up. We've talked about it here for about eight months. Uh, June 23rd through 25th in Hurricane, West Virginia, Brent. As you know, it's going to go down. And we're going to have a, uh, um, a plethora or plethora, either way you say it, of a zillion different machines alongside the people that enjoy those machines. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a classic computer uh, throwdown in Hurricane. Lots of fun. Three days 
days of joy. A lot of the people, a lot of our good friends are coming up, including Frank from Richard Rewind and his staff. They'll be in town to do repairs on the spot. I just saw Frank pull this trick uh, off in uh, Cocoa Fest, and they went crazy with repairs. So if you don't want to ship your stuff to Frank, just listen. Come up to Boat Fest, pick up a ticket, and get your stuff repaired on the fly. You can sit right beside Frank as he goes to work on your And system. poke him continuously. Up the difficulty. It says it's cool. <laughs> you know, and then me and DeBrett will be there. Boat, Rob Flack O'Hara, and a lot of other fine uh, podcasters, uh, uh, YouTubers, and uh, just good people, good friends of ours. They're going to come in, bring their computers in. We're going to have video game contests. We're going to film some live shows of this thing. It's going to be a good time. That's a Boat Fest, uh, the 23rd through 25th, Brent. Yeah. I do also want to mention that on the tail end of Boat Fest, July 1st, for the people that care on our uh, on our channel, uh, me, uh, Professor Wrestling Tim Legg, and the Southern Dandy John Chawler will be broadcasting BGW Wrestling Battle of the Dunes live on our uh, Amigos our stream, the same stream you're watching now if you're watching this live, our Twitch stream. It will be kicking off, I believe, 7 o'clock, uh, and I know Fuego Del Sol will be there, so that should be a lot of fun. So if you're into live wrestling, your boys will be calling these bad boys. Another set of matches, Britt. Should be a lot of fun. Anything you want to strap in here before we take it to the house? Nope. Thanks for joining us here uh, this week for TK90X. I enjoyed this one. We'll catch you next time. And to all our friends in Brazil, good job. Bye, everybody.